welcome to the Sports Plus Show with Baker, Big D, and Joe. This is a radio program that airs every Saturday at 11 Eastern on WXOJ Valley Free Radio in Springfield, Massachusetts. It is by theme a sports show, but you don't have to be a sports enthusiast to enjoy it and appreciate it. So we hope you do. Thanks for listening. So welcome to the Sports Plus Show with Big D, Baker, and Joe. Uh, now, Joe, I'm not sure if that's the right order, but, you know, I only care about myself, so I put Big D <laughs> first. You know, how, what is the official uh, title? Uh, I think on the um, on the website and on the logo, it's Baker, Big D, and Joe, but that was just because Matt, in, when Matt's picture, he's looking to the right, so I put him first so <laughs> towards us instead of away right. from us. So that's, well, and, and I think I may have also at some point decided just to go with alphabetical order, to be fair, but to be even fairer, you have seniority in every respect. You're Plus, Not I'm only in the, the studio. I'm in the studio. Without so you, there is the without yep. you, there is no show. <laughs> we, we would have a podcast, but we wouldn't have a radio show. Right. Which, so so the, uh, Matt, Matt and I can fight that one out in court, right? <laughs> you, know, you win. The American win. way. I, I honestly thought Joe rhymed with show. Oh, <laughs> so we could just call it the Joe show <laughs> with two other guys. We could do that. That's fine. All right. So um, I'm Big D. I live in... Western Mass and teach in Belchertown. Uh, Matt, introduce yourself, please. Yeah, uh, here I am. I'm, I'm in Zoom in my uh, my home office here, yeah. grinding it out. Is your school all remote or are you back in person? You're back in person, aren't you? Yeah, we're we're hybrid. We've been since day one. We uh, I'm, I'm in uh, school four days a week. You sound thrilled. <laughs> Joe, you know, it's like, I probably, if I knew what this year was going to be like, I probably would have retired. This is the amount of computer time that we have to spend is just, and I'm totally remote. I mean, the kids are liking it. Everybody's liking it. But, you know, I'm not really all that interested in spending eight hours a day on computers. It must be testing your creativity as a phys ed teacher, though, to, to try and come up with activities, you know, after having your your routines, the things that you did in class for, for decades must be interesting to try and have to recreate some of those though. No. Yeah. So for me, I mean, so we we're in, in our hybrid model. Um, we basically have anywhere. I, so I have some classes with four kids in it and my biggest class, I have 11. Wow. Um, but the challenge is, I mean, I, I, I do base a lot of my phys ed lessons all on, you know, social interaction, teamwork, communication, responsibility, leadership. And we can't share equipment. We can't really use a lot of our PE equipment. And so that's been the struggle for me. Um, And then I was just told later this week that if we go full remote, and this is, this is, there's no, we're not trending this way just yet, but in the event that we do go full remote, principals have to put together schedules and I am going to have to actually continue my schedule that I have now, like when I go to pick up a class, but instead of going to pick them up, I'm going to have to tune in. They're going to have to come to my Zoom meeting. So I'm going to be doing Zoom meetings all day for phys ed. And it's just like, what world are we in where we want six-year-olds to sit in front of a computer 
for six hours. It's a day. I mean, there's, our system is trying to uh, limit them to two and a half hours as if that's, um, you know, it's an acceptable amount for, of time. For an you know, eight-year-old, that's is, a lot of time, yeah. It's a lot it, of time. I just, I'm, I'm tired of, of pretending that this is the way to educate kids. And, well, and, and, and look, I, we're, we're all doing the best we can. I'm not, I, I am spending more time trying to reinvent the wheel, coming up with creative lessons for my students to enjoy physical activity, get outside, be active. But, you know, I, I just, the idea that we can come up with a plan that works is almost, it's not realistic. Like, let's face it, we're kind of faking it. You know what I mean? Well, I think and, and too, we're doing the got, best we can, but you guys at the level that you're teaching and the subject that you're teaching, I feel like are in the worst position. You're absolutely your subject. Kids, doesn't need, lend kids need hugging at this age. Well, but, and the subject doesn't lend itself to remote learning. If you're a 10th grade history teacher, you can come up with some sufficient online lessons. Your kids have the attention span. They want to sit down at the computer for three hours at a time and <laughs> look around on things. And, you know, you can find ways to guide their, internet behavior to educational purposes. You can't do that with a second grade phys ed class. It's just, it, yeah. it does seem, it does seem silly, but I, you know, I'm sure they're just trying to make sure that the hours of instruction are covered and you know, and that, that's, that's what it is. Too. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and, and I do, I, I can, I understand from a, an administrative and, you know, uh, business side of it. Well, if I'm not teaching, then what am I doing? I, I, I get that. I respect that. I understand that. But, it, you know, it, this is, it's just tough. And, it, and it's, uh, you know what? It's hard on everybody. So yeah. th we have this uh, part-time secretary at school. And I've had to go into school the last couple of days because we lost power and the Internet hasn't been working. And all of a sudden, so she's a good friend. I love her. And all of a sudden, I'm screaming at her. She's screaming at me mm -hmm. over, over attendance. You know, and all, all this crazy attendance we have to do. So anyway, but how does this relate to sports? Well, because a lot of what we're talking about is will, you know, basketball is going to pull their season off, but will baseball, will football. So uh, Joe, calling from the left coast, uh, introduce yourself. And uh, I'm out here in uh, beautiful rainy Portland. Our rainy season has begun. You got rain? So we got we've been we got some rain uh, about a week and a half ago that knocked down some of the fires, but now it's it's started. This is rainy season where it just rains six days a week for five. Wait a months minute, so and, but at least the fires are over. Well, the, in Oregon, they've been tamped down a lot. California is still in really rough shape. I mean, this is I just read a thing the other day where this is the officially the worst fire year on record, and they're still officially a couple of weeks to go in California's fire season. Do you so, see um, smoke up in Oregon? It hasn't California? been, you know, it came back a little bit last week for a couple of days, but it was nowhere near as bad as it was, you know, First previously night. when we couldn't breathe, but it's, it's been, you know, it's been fine the last three or four days or so. So, and uh, so has the, uh, it's funny with the, <laughs> The civil unrest seems to be quieting down. I think there are enough. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I heard that Antifa was running Portland. Well, of course we are. Of course we are. We're, we're peaceful, Daryl. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's funny. It seems like now that things are sort of getting, like once Trump got COVID, 
all of a sudden everyone stopped caring about Portland. Like my dad had been texting me every three, four days. Hey, what's like, he would see in a really alarming article. Right. right. You know, what's going on? What's going on? And you know, he's checked in on it, but it, I think it hasn't been triggered by those national articles so much lately, which is good because it's more reflective of exact of actually what's going on out here. Good. Well, it's interesting where we live. Um, so Amherst, uh, has a bunch of students come back, even though um, the all 20,000 students were not invited back, but there's been enough and there's been a party. So all of a sudden, um, the numbers have gone up in both uh, Amherst and uh, Sunderland, the next town. Um, and somebody, maybe, I'm not sure who else. Um, and uh, we're now in red, which is the danger zone in Massachusetts. Well, you can see the numbers are starting to creep back up everywhere. I just saw Europe is now sort of hitting a second wave that's as bad as the first. And I, I don't know, you know, I thought some of these other countries had it figured out a little better than we did. Uh, you know, we know what to, what to point the finger at here. It's the people who just didn't keep Take their behavior adjusted. Well, just didn't keep their behavior adjusted for long enough. And it seems like now, just about everywhere in the country it had been dipping you know with the exception of of western mass apparently well in wisconsin you know but um so all right so let's and, talk and the and the titans locker room <laughs> so before we get to football i think we should talk about nba because they're about to finish a successful bubble and and the the play, I mean, Daryl, you missed that game last night. That might have been the best game of the playoffs. Jimmy Butler is incredible, isn't he? He's just he has ramped it up every game in these finals. And I at this point, I I wouldn't be surprised if they won. You know, I expect LeBron to close this out. The best player usually wins in these situations, but I wouldn't at all be surprised if we have a game seven. But, you know, it's interesting. I, I don't want to say that LeBron is losing it because he's near perfection, but he's, he's been called for traveling two plays in a row. He's, you know, he's, he hasn't, uh, he's been great. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think perfect. LA's that deep a team after Kuzma and Rondo. So I, I ended up, and I know we'll get into baseball later. I watched the Yankee game, and then I tuned in to the last three quarters of the second half. I saw a little bit of the third quarter and all the fourth nice. quarter of the game last night. And, you know, what was clear to me was is LeBron James is clearly the best player on the court. Um, Jimmy Butler was, was tired, but when they needed him to make buckets, he came through. He, he, he hit some clutch shots and Anthony Davis went he rolled his ankle twice last night and that can be significant if he is um you know not at dominant capacity on on Sunday if this goes to a game seven Jimmy Butler is that type of scary player where if you're the Lakers you have to win Sunday in my opinion. You That's can't, interesting to say that. I kind of agree. Take this to a game seven, and if Anthony Davis is hobbled, they're going to have a tough time winning game seven. So, I don't know. LeBron James has to show up. I think he will. 
Um, I do well, think it wasn't like he didn't show up last night. He had a near triple double. I mean, he he was six for eight from behind the arc. Too. Yeah, no, he he was fantastic last he dominated. night. Dominated. Right. Yeah, right. But he doesn't have enough help. You know, Kuzma's an offensive player who's not always scoring a lot. Rondo has been reborn. He's like um, the the Rondo for the 2008 Celtics. So that that gets to a question of mine. And Matt, you watch the game. Where was Ron, the whole fourth quarter? He had Caruso out there. Who, by the way, just let me say, my two least favorite NBA players are in the series: Caruso and Kelly Olynyk. And maybe, maybe, maybe I'm just. No, racist. wait a minute. I like Olynyk. Oh my God, Olynyk Caruso. He's terrible. First of all, no, Kelly Olynyk. Kelly Olynyk should be out of the league for breaking Kevin Love's arm. That should, he should never have been able to play another minute after that happened. He's flat-footed. <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't get in front of anybody. I can't, he's painful for me to watch. I, okay, I but can't. wait a minute. But, but did maybe, he play it when Bam went down? Did Kelly play a good game? No, he had decent yes. numbers. The answer he, is yes. He was not I good. So. I would much rather have seen Myers Leonard out there, who brings you so much more energy and, and versatility kelly olenic can do one thing and that's kind of occupy space in the lane i i just no 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 but maybe let me be fair let me say but i'm pointing out caruso yeah i agree with you on caruso maybe, maybe i'm maybe i'm racist against white people i mean i am a white people, but I, I i don't think so i mean my I've got some good friends who are white. I like some other <laughs> players. My sister married a white guy, so I, I don't. Have you ever looked in the mirror? I, I look white. I look white in the Zoom. I don't know. It's a, I mean, You're it's like a me lighting. saying that my hair is still black, you know, and it's like Salt laced with gray. Yeah, right. Laced um, with uh, more dominated. You're into dominated. <laughs> anyway, anyway, all, all kidding aside, um, yeah, the Lakers don't go very deep if Davis is hobbled, and he was very yes, clearly right. not not himself at the end of that game. He, you know, he's he relies so much on his explosiveness and his movement side to side that if he's got an ankle problem, that's a huge problem for them. No, has drag dragage come back for no? no. Wow, he, he, probably, he killed the Celtics. He was so good against the Celtics. Oh my God! They don't seem but, to so, miss him as much. It's interesting yeah, that they don't. Well, I just want to – I mean, Daryl, you, you do make a fair point that the Lakers don't seem that deep beyond um, LeBron and AD. But the, the challenge with the Heat is past Jimmy Butler, at least for this series, they haven't been consistently deep either. And so last night you had uh, – what's it? Duncan Robert Robertson? Duncan Robertson. Duncan yeah, no, he's – I disagree, man. He's, he's been, but he's been great the, the whole playoffs. I disagree. Yeah, I think. No, been... I mean, yeah, he's been very good. But, but to Matt's point, they only played seven players, and for Miami and Iguodala was one of them. It didn't score a point, so they Iguodala, only had six. He's he's not he's not making a, a huge impression on this series. Um, he Bam killed the Celtics him. with three pointers. He played last awful game. last night down the stretch. I mean, he he missed a dunk. He he did have a, a big defensive block. Um, I think it was on LeBron. Um, yeah, yeah, the thing, the fact that he can guard anybody on that he can guard LeBron and yeah. Davis and he's a good defensive I don't, player. I don't care if he has eight turnovers a game and doesn't score a point. I, I want him in there for twenty four minutes just because of what he does on defense. Yeah, but you're gonna need him to score. But so what I'm saying is if if 
Duncan and um, Hero, like those two guys are really, and, and, and look, they, they've come up with some big shots, but I would also right. say, I mean, I, I they can be shut down, I think is what you're saying. The, the Lakers aren't, nobody, is, you're, you're not convinced anybody is going to beat you except for LeBron and AD, right? Those are the two guys you're really worried about. But then on the Heat side, I think really it just becomes a Jimmy Butler thing. And I'm really intrigued. But he, he involves the other teams. He, he has more than 10 I, assists I a think, game. I think he's he really, actually, you can see earlier on, early on in games, he's been too unselfish. Like he's been right. driving into lane and then kicking the ball out to 24 feet to, you know, to, a, to their third or fourth best player. But remember, guys, this is the NBA where you need contributions from those third and fourth and fifth players. You know, right. your B.J. Armstrongs, your Robert Ories. And if Contavious Caldwell-Pope hits that three-pointer last night with whatever. It's overtime, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's well, not overtime. Did. They win the game. No, they win KCP, the game. KCP, he did hit a three-pointer to give him a one-point lead. Late the, in the, right. the one he missed right. with so, like I mean, 16 I, I, seconds or whatever that was, 11 It seconds. was just a great game. I, I do think the Lakers got the type of contribution they would need. I just think they needed to come up with one more defensive stop. I mean, that's kind of an obvious statement to make. Right. Um, it was so, but I, re, it, it, I didn't, again, I only saw a little bit of the second half. What I saw, I didn't watch it thinking that, the Lakers didn't play a good game. They, LeBron James is six of eight from three point. They usually win those games. Right. I think AD being hurt, you know, it looked like Marquise or, or Marquise Morris with two seconds left, put that little dump pass in. And, and I don't really know what happened if AD didn't see it or if he just couldn't get off the floor. It just kind of went over his head and out of bounds. That's how they lost. If he gets that pass from Morris, now the Lakers are, you know, they're, they're, champions so i think the lakers played the type of game they're going to have to play to close it out um and maybe just turn up a little bit of that intensity you know lebron james did have a few turnovers in the second half an offensive foul you know you, you, you tighten up those things a little bit and i think the lakers win i mean the odds are very much in the lakers um favor they have two games left if they need them and all they have to do is win one of them so, and the thing is, if they do next week, we will be saying how great LeBron is. I think we can we can say how great he is now. They wouldn't. They would. They, they would. The series would be right. over without him. I, my question for you: We've had this discussion about is he better than Jordan? Is he the greatest player ever? I think the thing that you can't dispute is that he's the greatest NBA, maybe the greatest teammate in team sports history. I can't think of any player who has. Right involved and elevated so many players and even the fact that he's done this with different teams and and moved around and sort of made champions out of so many players so that's what's really it. remarkable because he's been there with what cleveland miami, miami back to cleveland so no. cleveland yeah so yeah. he's been i think in six or seven of the last eight finals with no, different it's, teams. it's nine out of 10. It was just last year. Nine out of 10. Where, wow. where they just sort of tanked. And you look at. So, you know, Joe, would you say he's the best player ever? Oh, absolutely. I think you can't, you can't compare him physically. Jordan wouldn't compare. And I think that the, the only arguments are Jordan and Bill Russell, right? I mean, those are, right. the, those are the, the accepted comparisons. Right. And I think even at this point, 
the physical advantage that might lead someone to choose Russell in that vote, I think if you put LeBron up next to Bill Russell, he's bigger. He's bigger. He's not taller, but he's bigger. You know, you're right because Russell was six nine, but he was skinny. And but he weighed two two twenty, two thirty. He didn't weigh. He wasn't a monster. But I think for me, I'm always going to consider Russell the greatest because of the, you know, whatever it was, nine championships in 10 years or, or some crazy thing like that. But it was a different era, you know. Easier um, to dominate back then. But, but let's, let's, aside from being the best player, I mean, there's really no argument that he's the best teammate. I mean, can you, you know, and I think that's a great point, too, because he can score at will, but he really does keep, involve his team. Here's, here's what I think when, when it comes to this debate. I think your argument for Jordan becomes he never lost in the finals and he's never been to a game seven, right? There's no doubt in my mind that Jordan is the best sort of closer ever in basketball. When it came just to a, the mental competitive nature, I don't see anybody being more of that just competitiveness than Jordan, in my opinion. But if you're talking, I agree with Joe. If the reason why LeBron has lost championships is because he's willed champ bad, bad NBA team. Right. The championship. Look at the first time when he lost to San Antonio when he was on Cleveland. Look at who was on that roster with him. I mean, I I don't even who'd you have? There was nobody. It was uh, Delonte West, right? He he's yeah. um, there, no, nobody, nobody. Right. And so he's been, when they lost to Golden State, you had Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love who were both out. It, it literally was LeBron James and Della Dova. I mean, as great as Davis was, he couldn't make the playoffs in, in New Orleans by himself. Right. Exactly. No, so, it's very interesting. I mean, I think, Joe, you really hit it on the nail that he's the greatest teammate ever. Yeah, I, I agree. I, and, and it just, you know, in a, in a game, it's a team sport that can be dominated by one player. Nobody has been as dominant with less around him than LeBron James. It, it needed, you know, it's like a Bill Belichick, Tom Brady type of relationship. They kind of need each other. Pippen needed Jordan. Jordan needed Pippen. It's right. not a knock on either one of them, but you, you sort of needed that, extra, that other guy to get Jordan over the hump. Um, you know, and, and when Jordan went to the Wizards, I know it was a twilight of his career, you know, but hey, this is the twilight of LeBron James's career, and he's in the You'd think so. You would think so, wouldn't you? But he's only, what is he, like 35 or 37? 35, I, don't, I think. Because 35. He's, he's been in the league 17 years. He could play another five, I think, I think healthily, I think, you know, yeah. up, up to LeBron's standards. I, I would God, so. wouldn't that be something to play over 20 years? Wow. So well, he's been in the league go. since so, he was a kid. I mean, remember when I remember hearing about him in high school, just being a skinny little kid. And, you know, you have to, you have to give him credit too, because he's sort of become, I mean, that team, 80% of the players that are on that roster are there to play with LeBron. I right. Mean, they're very That's why Davis came, right. Yeah. There's very few holdovers from well, before he got there. And, you know, Rondo came to play with LeBron. J.R. Smith came to play with LeBron. He, he's become a, a coach, a GM, and, and the best player in, in the Think sport. Think of this, too. 
Guys, and, and, and you, Daryl and, and Joe, you guys made me think of this, talking about how long he's been in the league. When he started, this, the NBA in LeBron James's tenure has totally almost like been given a facelift, right? They were dominant, center-driven when he was first in the league, Shaquille O'Neal, you know, Duncan, Robertson, they were, they were still, you know, Olajuwon, you were that, you needed that dominant center. And that was Ewing. the NBA yep. early in his career. And now the, the NBA is, is totally different. You know, the high pick and roll, the screen, the three-point shot. And LeBron James was dominant in both of those NBAs. I, I, I just sort of had that yeah. thought. That's impressive in and of itself. In, in two different MBAs. Well, it's right. funny because his game sort of lies in the middle between those two things. Like he's the guy who can play anywhere from 21 feet in and can beat you and defend you anywhere in, in that range, which again, for a guy his size, it's just, it's something we've never seen before. And I think we're, people are starting to take it for granted. And I, I'll be grateful when all the old people are gone and it's just the younger folks who <laughs> Doing the remembering hey, we, old and, guys, we old guys gotta hang around now come on give us a break you know support the seniors come on man i well, don't want to be put out the pasture i do you know? appreciate your uh trying to keep the legend of bill russell alive because i feel like the conversation has gotten down to two and if you're going to talk about championships being the the marker of the great right. player then you got to then Russell has the advantage over Jordan. Right. And but it's much harder today because there's so many more teams and oh, so yeah. many more moving parts than there, there used to be. Um, so there you go. So listen, I'm going to make my prediction that Miami upsets them. Whoa. Wow. I, th I think LeBron closes it out. I, I, as much as I want, want to see this game go, you know, the series go 25 games, I, I think LeBron closes it out. <laughs> the greatest player usually – has their moment in these moments. And I, if they, yeah. but I agree with Matt, if, if Miami wins game six, I expect them to win the series. Who are you I'm, picking Matt? I'm going to say LA. Um, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I'm a little bit cautious to say LA in six, just because I don't know what Anthony Davis's health is going to be in game six. Um, if, if I, I think it'll be LA in, in seven. I, but you, LA does not want it to go seven. No, they don't. They Jimmy don't. Butler's that type of player that you don't want to give him one game, do or die. LA needs well, to win. And you know, and to get back to like, you know, why we do a sports show, you know, you see in the NBA and in lots of sports, um, you know, I'm thinking of Olympic uh, soccer, for example, you know, that it comes down to one play. You know, it may be an overtime. And that this, this, that's how this series could end, too. Just one play, you know, um, like we talked about uh, Pope missing a three-pointer that would have made, forced it into overtime. Um, and that's kind of the beauty of sports. It's unpredictable. And it's unpredictable as it's happening right up to the last second in pretty much all sports, baseball and football, too, and soccer. You know, you can, you can just get this unbelievable ending you know it's funny and we've been talking about this for weeks about how are sports a sufficient distraction from the poop show that is our universe and i think 
what's what's happening is it used to be thank that, you for using appropriate language <laughs> it, it used to be that sports were the were the spontaneous sports was the unpredictable that we had in our lives and all of our other entertainment was scripted i mean that's less so now with reality tv but th- that bit aside you know sports that that sort of chaos and unpredictability was what attracted us to sports now i think the the diversion that sports gives us is sort of because it's not quite as bad as the as the unpredictability of everyday life now <laughs> like now sports right. is the thing that grounds us because oh, okay i can watch i i my brain jives better with the conflict of a basketball going back and forth than it does right the conflict right. that you know of you know <laughs> all right everything else that's going on so we're 30 minutes into our show let's um switch to i i say let me start off with um i'm going to reveal uh umass's football schedule okay you ready <laughs> if you want to write it down feel free to okay october 17th georgia southern That's it. <laughs> they have no other teams scheduled. And they just got Georgia Southern. They're hoping to play three to six games. So there you go. What do you guys think? Just say with UMass for a second. You know, does it make sense? Their football players wanted to play. They've done a couple thousand tests and have had only three positive in, you know, a month or something like that. So they're they're getting tested, uh, I think, every other day. Um, so is it a good idea? You know, I mean, what does good idea mean anyway? <laughs> for, okay, so what it means for UMass. So UMass dreams of being North Carolina, Michigan. You know, dreams of being a college that plays at the highest level of sports and is also a strong academic uh, university. And so that's their dream. And to get there, they took this gamble that football could do it. And so far, it's been disastrous. I mean, look, their football team is bad, period. So they're not going to get better by not playing this season if they can play a few games and and uh, you know so is it a good idea in a vacuum just talking UMass football sure maybe it I but I you know what is a good idea now like I I don't know Hmm. there's risk yes uh if people involved are, are taking that risk they're getting tested if if uh you know they're I don't know. Sure, why not? Like, <laughs> Joe, you got any opinion on oh, oh, UMass you, versus you, Georgia Southern? You know my opinions very well because you and I were doing a show on, on WMUA, the, the UMass flagship, when they transitioned from 1AA into 1A, and I was calling the games, broadcasting their games live, and I hated the decision for them to – I didn't didn't see the point of them trying to become a big time football program. I feel like they could better serve the university by being successful in the the championship subdivision. What used to be one double A, and I so I've been against that move since minute one. And they really 
you know, the problem is it's a matter of pride. So once the university made that move, it's going to be decades before they're going to be willing to, to reverse right. and, and go back down a division. But I think this would have been the ideal year to do it because playing three to six games doesn't help you at all. UMass is not going to a bowl game. All you're doing is putting those young men and young women who attended the team in jeopardy. And that's, there's, there's, again, I don't know how much money they feel like they're going to, you know, it's not like UMass has a $600 million uh, TV contract. They're certainly not going to have students at games. No. And, and their big pay, like this year, they were going to play Auburn, I think, and get a $1.6 million payoff for getting, yeah, but that's out because Auburn. Auburn's not going to host UMass. They're playing one out. Everybody's of staying in their conferences. Yeah. Um, so, so let's switch. Like, this is what I feel about college football right now. I used to really, I love University of Florida. I used to really love college football. I'm not getting the vibe this year. No, I mean the season's kind of too chopped up, and it just you can't as 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 bad as the concerns are as serious as our concerns are about college football with regards to concussions and players being properly compensated in a normal year, you just can't, I just can't just, I can't wrap my head around why any of these teams are together on the field. And, and this happened a few weeks ago, but the callousness by which uh, the coach at LSU said that his whole team had already had it. Like, like it was the sniffles in, or jock itch. You know, it's the, the, they're not regarding this with the gravity that it needs to be. And I just saw, didn't a, a second staff member at UMass just die from the virus? I don't know. Did you see that? Uh, on, to answer your question, Joe, money. Right. Exactly. And, and I do think, look, I, there I don't. There will be some money from the truncated college season there will be some money money. and i i think and and i am i think in big capital letters i think it it comes down to universities looking at money and saying if we don't play football we can't do i mean it, it literally is a death sentence for their entire athletic department and and it's and it's it's sports like gymnastics swimming softball field hockey that don't bring in money that need the money from college football and so i i again i think it's it's just universities it's not an easy decision but they're saying look if 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 we test and if and if our athletes are coming back negative and they can play and the team we're playing against we believe and we trust that they're testing and they're negative Two negatives won't make a positive in this situation. It's a risk, but <laughs> at least, at least we can bring in some money to fund our athletic program to keep it above water, so we can have sports next year. If if you just eliminated football, the University of Texas isn't playing softball for years, and so why do we need these? Why do we need these multi-million-dollar athletic programs? for field hockey and softball. And if you go to college in Europe and you want to play field hockey, you play on a club team, you play the six colleges that are closest to you that you can 
ride to cheaply and easily. We, we've built this system. And we've built a system. That's right. the point, though, Joe. And, so, we well, built some, it. and we think we have to pour these billions and billions of dollars into supporting the system that, again, isn't doing for these athletes what it should be doing for these athletes. We don't need a $30 million gymnastics program at UCLA to send those kids to the Olympics. Those schools exist outside. That, that part of, of young athlete training has been privatized. If you want to be a major league baseball player, you don't play for your high school team. You go into an academy and you play somewhere in Florida from the time you're six years old. This, this system that we built does not need to be sustained. And this justification that we need this money to support all these other sports, why are all those other sports, why do all those other sports need to be so expensive? I, I, I agree with you there. I, I, I agree with you. But, I mean, okay. like, that is the system that is built. And you're not, unfortunately – the, the money and the greed, you're, the people in power aren't going to relinquish that. Right. Right. So, and, that's, and it's what we're seeing everywhere. I mean, it's time, this is time to tear things down and build them all build okay. them up all over again. And you, you're having to do it in your elementary school phys ed classes. So mm. why can't we do it? Right. No, and this is a time that there could be some big change, but the thing is in college, because of the structure that's evolved, you know, coaches get paid six figures. Um, and if you were on a swimming team, say, you would want to be able to play other big programs. So, I mean, this whole existence, like if you were a club team, you just, you know, maybe travel 10 miles to find another club to play in, the, in your own cars or whatever. But, you know, the system that we have where in many sports, people get to, compete at really high levels against really good teams that's the system that that is surviving and i well, don't think it's going to disappear fast well and look at real quick look at what umass did um how much money did they dump into their basketball um like practice facility well see and that's the thing that? they get they get all that money from alumni alumni but but, but I'm just saying it could go so many other places. It doesn't. It doesn't need to they, go. But it, but it comes down to recruiting. Money for sports only. Okay, exactly, Matt. It comes down to recruiting. So if we don't put so much of the emphasis on recruiting into these big programs, these satellite programs, then the the talent pool will stay closer to home, and then you will have much more even competition among every school, all the 120 whatever football schools and all the 300 and whatever basketball schools. I, I've I talked to anyone who went to college in Europe and was played athletics in Europe and their experience, the things that you get from playing on a club team are identical from the lessons you learn playing for Alabama, playing Alabama football. It's all you, the, the teamwork, the working hard, the things that you need to succeed in life that you can learn through sports can be learned at, you know, at the little league level, if they're coached right. And so I think it, it's, it's, you're right. You're both right. It's not like, it's not, not like we're going to take the system apart. It's certainly not going to happen between now and, and the end of the coronavirus, but it just, it's, but you know, it's kind of a fun topic for us because there's a big, big problem in college athletics and, and you, you guys have been sort of, you know, elucidating it. 
And, but you know, also in our society, things change very slowly, very slowly. And coaches making six figures are not eager to become a club coach. I, and that's why I think we need to seize on this moment because things are, are changing a little more quickly now. Maybe the potential is there to have them change a little more quickly. Although, I mean, we have so many more pressing needs as a nation, you know, both leading up to and coming out of this election. I, I don't. Matt, um, I, I got a feeling that Joe's a revolutionary. Yes. You know, wait until you hear my uh, revolutionary idea. Okay. You're on. You're on. We got, uh, what do we have? 16 minutes left. You're on. Go for it. So this Here's is Commissioner Baker. Uh, this is Commissioner Baker. So, yeah, let me just uh, connect. Oh, yeah. I'm connecting with, uh, yes, hello, Commissioner Baker. Uh, how hey, are things going in. in the NFL? Good. I'm calling in from headquarters up in my, uh, in my, my wonderful studio up here. And uh, so here's what you do with the NFL. You take, you need to take a two week hiatus and use this as a wake up call, right? When you come back, what you're gonna have are eight small bubbles. Each bubble is going to be just your division opponent. You are going to play six games against your division in your bubble, right? There are gonna be eight bubbles. Top two teams, top two teams, of each division will then create another bubble. Okay, slow down a second, uh, Commissioner. Slow down a second, Commissioner. So how many teams are there total? You've got 32. 32, okay, so you're putting four teams in every bubble. Okay, I'm with you, keep going, Commissioner. So the NFC East, let's say, they, they form a bubble and you play six games within your division. You play each one of your division teams twice. So is that going to put the Jets and the Giants together? No, that would put, well, eventually, in my plan, eventually it would. <laughs> it, takes, it takes the Jets, the Patriots, the Bills, and the Dolphins. They're in a bubble. Okay. The, the NFC East is in a bubble. The AFC South is in a bubble. The NFC North is in a bubble. So each division has their own bubble to play in. Interesting. You play six games. The top two teams of each division then would play each other. So you would have um, the NFC East top two teams play the NFC North top two teams in its own bubble. Following me? Yeah. And the bottom two teams of each division play each other in a bubble. Okay. So what you end up doing is you continue to create these smaller bubbles in different round robin forms. <laughs> Until uh, you get to 16 games, and then you get to play football. Can we, Commissioner All right, Baker, Joe, the Commissioner, Commissioner Baker, lost me. Can, can you explain, Joe, the, what, do you, this, what, do, what do you plan is? This is the NFL, the head of the NFL Players Association, Joe. Oh, yes, yes, yes. thank you. Thank you. I, I will, uh, actually, I, it's a woman, isn't it? Um, yeah, 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 I, I yeah. will tell you so that. So your voice is kind of deep for a woman, that, but go ahead. I will tell you that our, well, not, we're not going for this. There's no way. We're not, there's no way that disruption Why? is going to happen because these are, these are men who want to be home with their families. We, there's no way that to, to introduce that disruption mid season, not going to happen, not going to happen. There's not enough, there's not enough money, not enough salary cap increases that would, that would get the players to agree to that. that All I right. Just, All right. I, I agree I, to that, but the, the hard, the, the problem with the NFL, it's not going to be that they have these little, 
spikes. It's not going to be that they have these little drips of, of positive tech. You know, the Patriots, you've got Cam Newton, then you've got Stephon Gilmore. That's not the problem necessarily. I think the NFL can overcome that. The problem is the scheduling. You can't, the NFL can only play once a week. And, and even now, if you really want to think about player safety, you cannot ask a team to play after not practicing for 12 days, right? This is the Tennessee Titans. They haven't been in their facility in 12 days. They haven't practiced. Their bodies are not conditioned. You're going to have them play on a Tuesday and then turn around and play on a Sunday? Like, that's not safe at all. So if you're really talking about player safety, you can only play a football game once a week. And this, this, what happens when you have these drips? Baseball can overcome it because you can play a doubleheader. You can play two doubleheaders back-to-back in two days. You can play that way in, in baseball. You can play back-to-back in basketball. You cannot in football. And so I, I do agree, Joe, the players are never going to agree to that. But that's how, I, don't, I can't see you getting through because you're going to have more drips. It's a pandemic. The so, idea... But Commissioner, before the Players Association speaks, Commissioner, I think that your idea of a two-week hiatus is a great one. Ben Volan in the Globe... Uh, push for that same idea um you know and you can move the super bowl back you can move everything back a week or two can can i wear the commissioner's hat for a second because i think i think i gotta disagree with with commissioner baker that we need to that these guys need to practice these are professionals they're not they're not pop warner players they could get by with working out at home I, I uh, aren't there injuries coming oh, up? You see oh, lots there's of gonna, injuries. There's gonna, there's gonna be lots of injuries this season anyway. I don't think because they haven't that. played enough, right? But I, I, don't, think, I, I don't think you can prevent that. Play, Joe. You're I, I I totally disagree with you on that. There, and and Daryl, you're right. I, in my opinion, the reason why Saquon Barkley, look at all these big time running back injuries. It's because they didn't have a preseason. They didn't they didn't have a proper training camp. Their bodies are not conditioned. I, I read that the and, and the Tennessee Titans, they haven't released a lot of names yet. I, I'm having a hard time finding specifics, but I did read that sort of this second spike from the Tennessee Titans came because a handful of players got together and practiced at a high school because they knew their bodies needed to practice. They wow. need to practice. <laughs> no, but if every if every team has is at the same level and no one's allowed to practice you won't see a, a competitive advantage or disadvantage. Right. And I, I don't, I, I disagree that in 2020, an NFL player doesn't have sufficient facilities in their home to work out properly and they could go run up and down the street. So I, I, I think, that, and like you said, Matt, the danger is the spread within teams, not the, the things don't seem to be spreading d- during the gameplay. Strength and conditioning is a science. If you're a professional athlete, you trust your strength and conditioning coaches to the thousandth degree. And if you're not in front of your strength and conditioning coach where they're telling you, you know, I, I just think players need their bodies conditioned. And the reason you're seeing such significant injuries in the running back position, especially, 
we're not just talking about rolled ankles, ACLs, popped hamstrings, is because their bodies weren't conditioned before the season started. I All agree, right. but that's the fault. Of the, that's something that the players can control. And there's nothing that – there's no information that a strength and conditioning coach needs to convey that they couldn't do right here on the Zoom okay. call. All right. Well, I'm going to stop this one, but before I do, uh, Commissioner Baker, is this NFL season going to finish? Um, n- <laughs> no. Um, players representative uh, Caprero. Uh, I think this we'll have a Super Bowl. We'll have playoffs. I don't think we'll have. I don't think anyone's going to play sixteen games. I think no, we'll I have don't a. Think so we'll, we'll have a. Tattered, but I think that you know there, the unfortunate there, there will thing be, there is, will be a champion. There will be a right billionaire yeah. owners look at millionaire players as replaceable. <laughs> so you know, there's plenty of bodies to move in for the uh, afflicted. But listen, we only have seven minutes left, and I have to bring up a painful subject because my two co-hosts uh, bleed Yankee. What color is it for Yankees? Hey, 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 now, just because your team has been playing mini golf for the last three months. So <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I like the Yankees. I like Garrett Cole. I, I you know, it's, uh, I went to Duke, and I always liked UNC, too. I think you can, you know, be a homer, but also appreciate. I really, like, the Yankees are brilliant. Luke Voigt, DJ LeMahieu. All these players that were average players that, you know, they just sort of like made a small trade for, and they get to the Yankees and they become terrific. Just terrific. Well, they looked average last night. They did. So um, the Yankees lost a really tough game. It was was all home runs. Uh, There was three home runs total. Tampa Bay hit two of them. And... um, the Yankees just couldn't, you know, with this explosive offense, they just couldn't um, do it. So, listen, you guys, each you Yankee fans, have three minutes each to um, sort of commiserate and decide. Uh, so go ahead, Matt. Well, what, well, look, here's, what do the Yankees need? The, the Yankees, they need more pitching. But I don't know. I mean, they'll get Domingo Herman back. Um, Jordan Montgomery, Actually, I was – I was very pleased with how Jordan Montgomery pitched um, in game four. I don't necessarily think they need much more. I, I was disappointed. They had some serious injuries in their pitchers. Yeah, I, I, and I think that um, Aaron Boone got outmanaged in, in this mm. series. But, you know, I was talking to my brother. He wasn't hired to be a manager. He was hired to be a yes man to the analytics. And so – you know, this is what the analytics tell you now. You live and die by the home run or the strikeout. And last night, the Yankees were striking out. They didn't, you know, and, and so were the Rays. But the Rays hit one more home run than the Yankees right. did. But it is. So the analytics tell you, hey, if you hit more home runs than the other team, you win a series. The Yankees built their roster upon home runs. They just didn't hit them. I think the Yankees missed an opportunity to trade Gary Sanchez a few years ago when his stock was high. So now he's what's going to happen next year? Is he going to even be on the team? No, nope. I don't think so. He can't call a game. He's not Higiosha. Um, Kyle Higashioka is a, is a very good catcher. He can do just fine. I think you move on with him and you see if you can get anything for Gary Sanchez, but you do not pay him in my opinion. Um, 
you know, here's what I hope. I, I like the raise. I hope they one quarter of the salary that New York yeah. plays. I just I hope I hope the the Astros go down in four. Um, <laughs> what, are they behind right now or? No, well, they're that's they're who's playing the, the Rays in the ALCS now. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four. Um, I, you know, I, I, I guess I'm, I'm more disappointed that the Astros are in the ALCS. Yeah, I know it's disgusting, not, isn't it? To be honest with you, I, you know, yeah. but I'm, I hope my three minutes are up because I'm done. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, <laughs> well, Joe. Well, and it's funny because I would like to see. I would actually like to see the Astros go to the series because I want the Dodgers to get their proper revenge oh. in, in the World Series. No, I want what, is I that, want the, what if the Astros win? Oh, that'll be terrible. Then none of us yeah. ever watches another baseball game ever again. I, I don't know what, <laughs> what the silliness is there, but I you know it's funny. I after I, I watched two complete baseball games all season. I watched the opener against the Nationals and I watched that game last night, every pitch of that game last night. And Daryl, I gotta I got to chew you out a little bit because we talked last week about what makes a good baseball game. And, you know, you were sort of pointing to low scoring games as being boring, but that was, that no, game. I watched, that's why I didn't watch the basketball game. I watched the Yankees. It was quite a good game. I, I had the, I was trying to keep my DVR ahead of my social media and not, not get screwed up by seeing a ticker across the bottom of one. Right, right, so I watched right. the first half of the basketball game started about, Seven o'clock. Watched the first half of the basketball game, then watched the baseball game, then went back and watched the second half of the the Lakers Heat. Yeah, and I mean yeah. it was it was a really fun sports night. Um, I don't know. I think Matt, I agree. I think that the the Yankees need a new another starter, but you could always you could say that about every team in in the league that they could use one more. Yeah, team. and I think what about this? Was, and this offensive strikeout or hit a home run? I got to say. Mm-hmm. I kind of like. I think it, it. It was said during the game that the Yankees had one sacrifice bunt all year. Phil Rizzuto is rolling over in his grave right now. Yeah, I mean, I kind of like that baseball. You know, the guy gets on first, get, goes to second on a ground ball, goes to third on a sack fly. Well, these, know. Th- these I, kinda, things, I miss the small ball aspect. Yeah, well, these things go in cycles, and I think what's going to happen is you're going to see a team sprout up that way at some point in the next few years and and be tremendously successful at it because no one else is doing it and if you've right. got remember the um yeah i think like the go-go chicago white Sox, they stole bases like crazy man, i mean if, if anybody stealing bases doesn't even happen as much anymore anybody could bunt at all that we wouldn't see any more of these shifts because this the minute they pulled three infielders to the left-hand side on a left-hand hitter they would just drop a bunt down the third base line. But you look at some of these opposite field tendency numbers for these hitters, and they hit the other way six or eight percent of the time. Why would judges' you home run look like a fly ball? But it went out three twenty down well, that, the right field line. That weird wall in San Diego cost the Yankees two of those home runs. Without that little overhang, Judge probably catches <laughs> that one, and Gardner just misjudged that other one. And might have been able to grab both of those. So, there to me, there's no more exciting play in baseball than a, a home run robbery. And that that padding at the top of that wall in Petco Park just takes all that away. The, yeah. Do not like. Can I? All right. We have another. So there minute? you go. So there we go. We spent an hour talking about sports, and um, you know, it's fun, and uh, it's becoming more fun. I think. 
And so we'll see. And next next week, we'll at least have a basketball championship to talk about. So we'll see you next week on Sports Plus with Baker, Big D, and Joe. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. 5839, I think. So that's perfect. It's got to be 58 and a half minutes. We could have done another. We could have done another hour. I know. It's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing. It's like, you know, I sort of thought about stuff last night, but like in the beginning, Matt and I would have sort of an outline what we were going to talk about. You know? Yeah, the good old days. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, I, Daryl, you, you kind of said last week that there's no preparation. I, I don't know. Can you guys see this? Yeah. I got yeah. notes. I got like, like five sentences of notes, two of which I can actually understand. Um, <laughs> did we cover any of them? Well, the, we did a, a bunch of it. The, um, I have Olenek sucks. We got to that. <laughs> um, LeBron being the best teammate ever. The thing we didn't, I didn't get to mention about football is, so Patrick Mahomes has three games in his career where he hasn't scored, hasn't thrown a touchdown in the first half. Can right, you, one was against the Patriots. All three were against the Patriots. All three against the Patriots. Yeah, the and Patriots they, defense seems to be for real. Well, they've got a pretty good coach in New England. I don't know if you guys yeah. know this guy Belichick. He seems, but their quarterbacks, oh my God! Once, uh, you oh, know, their quarterbacks. Oh my God! You know, they're they're oh at least going to play Stidham. I mean, I I hope that the Hoyer experience is over. Um, yeah, you know, let Stidham go and and screw up. But at least there's hope for the future with him. And the other thing I had I had that I really was bugging the crap out of me was the superimposed strike zone on a live pitch like there if you notice oh, yeah, drawing so the, good. it what i cannot think of any other time in in sports television where they would put a graphic over a player like uh, obscuring the catcher it's just it's so distracting to me and i know Weird. it's it's just these four little tick marks but it it's it's driving me nuts and right. i for the love of God, TBS, please do not do that in the World <laughs> Series. It's the, the worst thing. And I, it's just, you know what, it really, it looks enough like a video game without the crowd, you know, the sort of blurry cardboard right. in the background. Right, you're right. Those, those cardboard like fans, at least they, you know, they have them on the third base side. So you see them on most right-hand hitters. It's odd. All right, listen, I got, I'm heading off to Gloucester and uh, hopefully going to get in the ocean. So um, I got to get moving. So a lot of fun. See you guys next week. All right. Thanks, guys. guys.